Greetings, welcome, bienvenidos, hola, aloha, ni hao, namaste, konnichiwa, bonjour, bonjourno, sawadikarab, guten tak, ciao, we viva, cat bang, half a day, jai jinendra, salam, shalom, priviet, peace, now, go vegan, peace, how, go vegan, priviet, haven't heard that one in there, have we, well, I just figure that's a way of getting Go Vegan Radio into the Mueller investigation and uh, the subsequent uh, publicity, which would be good for us. Um, and Putin made me do it from the new right left coast of the genetically mutated McNugget Pharmaceutical Vivisection Prison Kilitary Industrial Core Poor Nation in the cheese covered post constitutional bankster bankrupt corruptocracy, mocracy, criminocracy, unchallenged by meteocrity, food born in the NSA, CIA. NRA, FBI, USA, home of Uncle Sam Manella, where they sure do eat a lot of dead animal body parts, and the Wall Street-backed corporate diet of death, disease, and destruction is shoved down your throat. This is Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, sponsored today by Health IQ, an insurance company that helps health-conscious people like runners, cyclists, weightlifters, yoga practitioners, and yes, vegans get lower rates on their life insurance. Go to healthiq.com slash GVR to find out if you qualify, get a quote, get the info there at healthiq.com slash GVR. As in Go Vegan Radio, this is Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. Since 2001, we are the first vegan program ever to infiltrate mainstream, lamestream media and uh, network talk radio. And we are still, this is still the most important talk show in the history of the world um, because it is the only talk show dedicated to saving the world, the only talk show that can save the world, that can save your children. Yes, uh, we can save uh, the animals, all uh, seven billion animals. Well, seven billion, I mean, it actually goes into the trillions if we were to go vegan. Yes, we that can. Yes, we that can. Um, so uh, this program, by the way, is not the most important program in all media. Just because its egomaniacal host claims it to be so, what if, just what if, what if by listening to this show, you hear information that leads you to actions that prevent cancer or heart disease from plaguing your son or daughter? What if, by hearing on this show that the World Health Organization now classifies processed meat as carcinogenic, meaning it causes cancer and it includes hot dogs, bacon, ham, salami, jerky, deli meats, etc. So, what if by hearing this, you decide that your family goes vegan and the kids don't get cancer? 
Don't get a heart attack at age 47 and you know, drop dead like my father did. Um, well, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden was the most important radio show ever to your family, if indeed it prevents cancer, heart disease, right? So, and what if Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden presents the only information that can save the planet from environmental devastation? What if... Well, that would make this the most important radio show or podcast uh, on Earth, for the Earth. For years, this is the only place where we would regularly expose that animal agriculture and your wrongful appetite for meat, dairy, fish, and eggs were the most environmentally destructive forces on the planet. Only on this program would you regularly hear about the study, Livestock and Climate Change, by Dr. Robert Goodland, Jeff Anhang, identifying climate change, um, identifying animal agriculture as the number one cause of human-generated greenhouse gas emissions responsible for at least 51% of human-generated greenhouse gas emissions. 51% would mean more than everything else combined, huh? And uh, only on this program over the years would you regularly hear that those same climate specialists uh, were saying the only solution for climate change before it's too late is a massive population shift to vegan. And now we have the release of the largest analysis ever of the impact of agriculture on the environment. And once again, I told you so. Yes, I've been telling you so for 17 years. And I intend to continue uh, to tell you so and, and actually concentrate on this, this new study a lot now and in the future. Uh, this was just released in an article in The Guardian. Allow me to uh, change computer screens here a second. This just came out on May 31st. This just came out on May 31st in The Guardian. And the headline is, Avoiding Meat and Dairy is Single Biggest Way to Reduce Your Impact on Earth. Then the subheadline, Biggest Analysis to Date Reveals Huge Footprint of Livestock. It provides just 18% of calories, but takes up 83% of farmland. And the first paragraph says, avoiding meat and dairy products is the single biggest way to reduce your environmental impact on the planet, according to the scientists behind the most comprehensive analysis to date of the damage farming does to the planet. Well, this, uh, this is very important. This is crucial. And uh, we will concentrate on this actually today and in the future. We'll uh, have more on this monumental news on today's program. Also coming up on today's show, commentary with Professor Gary Francione. So you are definitely getting your money's worth today, right? And, well, for most people, uh, you know, how much money have you donated to this program? Zilch! So you'll definitely get your money's worth today. Um, here, you, here it is, the most important program in the history of the universe. 
And uh, when was the last time you made a donation? Oh, never. Hmm. Okay, well, uh, this guilt trip is being brought to you by 501c3 nonprofit Go Vegan Radio uh, with the website goveganradio.com where there are over 600 programs archived for your uh, free listening pleasure where there is a donate button and you can make a tax deductible donation right there right now and uh, now I know I know there are uh, there are bazillions of talk shows and podcasts out there um, everyone with a cell phone now is a journalist and uh, everyone is asking asking you for money you know do the patreon thing um, you know PayPal which of course you can find at goveganradio.com also but I ask how many of these other shows these podcasts are dedicated to uh, saving the world to, 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 to your children's health to the animals, huh? Or are they just gossipy, you know, opinions, talking heads who uh, just want to chatter about, oh, Trump said this or Roseanne said that? I mean, is, is that what you want? Is that is that you, you'll you'll spend money on you'll donate to, to to shows like that with with content like that? Okay, so Trump called MS thirteen animals hmm, let's let's get into this here now so um, now at first when I heard him talking about some uh, terrorist gang uh, I thought he was talking about MS uh, NBC uh, which I mean if, if 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 it leads us to war with Russia makes it a greater menace to society than MS 13 MS 13 okay so when I google MS 13 I don't see any description as uh, animals uh, but I mean I think that's a given isn't it presuming that they are human beings uh, well then of course uh, they're animals uh, a fact that we human animals seem to forget or want to ignore but uh, I don't know are we animal vegetable mineral MS-13 or Mara Salvatrucha with the 13 or Trece representing what is called their Sureño affiliation. Sureños meaning Southerners and apparently there are different factions of Southerners. So MS-13 is labeled a violent international criminal, uh, criminal gang. Uh, that originated in L.A. in the 1980s. There are 8,000 to 10,000 members in the U.S., mostly from El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala, and it says their criminal activities are said to include drug trafficking, human trafficking, uh, arms trafficking, child prostitution, kidnapping, and money laundering. Well, come on, that sounds more like the State Department under Hillary Clinton, doesn't it? Um, no, 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 I'm, I'm only uh, serious. No, that sounds more like the, the CIA itself, right? No. Actually, um, if you look at the pictures of these guys in MS-13, I don't think they have the time 
uh, for their uh, drug, human, arms, trafficking, money laundering, whatever. These guys are in the tattoo parlor 24-7, no doubt about it. And that's their alibi, and they're sticking to it. How could they do any of that with, I mean, look at them. So, uh, but anyway, Trump uh, says they are animals, and I object to this for many reasons, uh, but those are related to human supremacist speciesism, um, which really didn't seem to be a consideration uh, by the Democrats in their uh, response in protest to uh, Trump calling them animals. Um, and while it is true that all people are animals, the intentions behind calling people animals, of course, are to denigrate, diminish, and insult, as if being an animal is uh, less than being a human being. And so then, um, you know, we can do what we want to uh, the people who are only animals and of course uh, we can do what we want to the animals because well they are only animals even though it was the philosopher Thomas Adorno back uh, in the era of World War II who said that Auschwitz begins whenever somebody looks at a slaughterhouse and thinks they are only animals so if they are only animals, I guess, you know, we can eat them, we can experiment on them, we can torture and kill them, just for our own amusement. Huh? So, uh, and we can do all of this as we talk a good God game in this country, right? In this supposed religious country. Um, but when it comes to God's creatures, who all have feelings and emotions and can suffer pain and bleed, Anything goes because they are only animals. Uh, and I, I don't know, is there screaming? Is in, in terror music to God's ears? Is, is, is there suffering a musical, you know, musical show? I mean, how could that entertain God? How could that be right? Huh? And also, what about the thou shalt not kill thing? Huh? What about that? Huh? Oh, that's out the window because they are only animals and uh, so our human enemy du jour can be dehumanized so it too can be treated like animals although to some of us treating someone like an animal is a call for caring for helping for respecting for rescuing for protecting a little little righteous right way of thinking there now I'm not saying that's the right but it's kind of right isn't it um you know but to me the uh speciesist human supremacist you know that's uh that whole thing is is it's i mean it, it's really taught to us to be that at an early age right our speciesism uh i don't know when does it start? We, we start off, we sing about Old MacDonald having a farm, right? Old MacDonald had a farm without seeing that that farm is a concentration camp, a death row prison. You know, torture for the innocent. 
Old MacDonald had a farm. Well, I guess he owned the farm. He owned the animals. Old MacDonald. And then we have New MacDonald. We, we play in Ronald McDonald's playground. Where the victims of Old MacDonald's farm are cremated to Happy Meal perfection. And uh, also our childhood lessons in speciesism include... Don't we all squeal in delight to the the tune of three blind mice and the farmer's wife who cut off their tails with a carving knife. Did you ever see such a sight in your life? Shouldn't that be traumatic for children? I don't know. Sounds sounds pretty violent, gory, painful, and bloody to me. But we're laughing about seeing ah, such a, a sight in your life, cutting off the tails of three blind mice. But they're only animals, so let's have a good laugh. Right, this little piggy went to market. It's funny when I heard that li- this little piggy went to market. When I heard that as a child, I thought that that meant that little piggy went shopping. <laughs> what did I know? Right, this little piggy stayed home. Uh, what to be raped or to be fattened up to be uh, to become somebody's carcinogenic bacon? Right, this little piggy had roast beef. Huh? So um, there's a good lesson uh, from the beef industry for children, right? I guess we all eat cows, don't we, kids? Even this little piggy, an herbivore, this little, you know, uh, I don't know. I guess this, so that little piggy had uh, roast beef. Oh, and this little piggy had none. Uh, She probably knew she was an herbivore. Too bad people don't realize that they are herbivores, too. Um... And this little piggy cried, wee, 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 all the way home. Well, uh, she was told she was going home. We know better. We know better. Farmer John's knows better. Um, And then also in our language we learn, uh, what? Oh, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Oh, I... Is that information I really needed? Because I'm not even looking for information on on the first way to skin a cat. Sounds like a horrible thing to do. More than one way. No, I'm not even interested in the one way. So, let's uh, kill two birds with one stone. Why would we want to kill any birds? Why? Why, why would... And, uh, alright, so... I go. I, I guess I'm going on and on. We should stop beating a dead horse, right? Um, I don't know. <laughs> which I don't know. To me, sounds preferable to beating a live horse. But yeah, why would you beat any horse? Um, ah, the idiomatic speciesism of it all, huh? But uh, I don't know. For me, for me. A stranger in a strange land, an alien vegan on planet Earth. I can't for the life of me understand why Trump is calling a violent gang animals. You know, to me, I feel like, why is he complimenting them? Why is he elevating them? I don't get it. What's equally bizarre is, uh, look who's on the terror vision set in complete agreement with me, Laura Ingram. There she is on the television set saying that calling someone animals is a compliment. What on, 
What an upside-down world this is. Isn't it? She's right. Well, or, or is she left now? Or am I right now? Or am I left now? Or am I just... I'm just left behind. That's me. That's left behind. I'm not partisan. I'm not for any party. Except the party on October 7th at Woodley Park in Van Nuys. L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest. Go to LARegaeVeganFest.com for that party. But I'm uh, nonpartisan. I don't endorse candidates because then in the future I wouldn't be able to say I told you so. You'd be able to blame me in the future, right? So, um, But it's kind of strange there. Laura Ingram agrees with me. You know, that uh, calling animals, uh, calling calling someone an animal is a compliment. So apparently she agrees with me that the behavior of other animals is far superior to that of the human animal. It's almost an insult to other animals to call humans animals. Other animals simply do not engage in the massive destructive behavior so common to Homo sapiens, human behavior. So homicidal, suicidal, genocidal, ecocidal, you know, violence for fun and food and clothing, the wars we have, the environmental destruction, the corruption, the deception. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, the animals who are not human would never engage in such behavior. So, people calling, people calling other uh, animals, uh, people calling other people animals really is an insult, all right. It's an insult to other animals. I mean, look at the uproar Roseanne created with her uh, ambient... Uh, deranged comments isn't ambient tested on animals right of course didn't it pass the test for being deranged although we do hear quite the wild behavior under ambient people out you know walking naked in the middle of the night walking in their sleep Roseanne uh, writing strange comments in the middle of the night huh so, um, and it, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work to, to use, uh, you know, insult other people by calling them animals. It, uh, as didn't work, didn't work out too well for Roseanne either, right? I mean, I think if, if we're looking at the truth, uh, you know, the, uh, really the other, uh, primate species when they, when they want to insult each other. They just call one another humans, right? Uh, and I think we should move away from uh, calling anybody uh, animals. Humans need to stick to insulting other humans, you know, by you know, tr by traditional ways, utilizing body parts and gross bodily secretions and excretions. You know, maybe uh, once in a while the the name of a you know, an unpopular politician. Just leave the animals out of it already, huh? You know? I mean, Trump would be uh, much more effective in communicating, like, if you know, calling 
calling MS-13, you know, vomit, defecation, you know, pus, penis, you know, whatever, you know. Although, I guess maybe he's already gotten in trouble using penis. But um, you get the idea, right? MS-13 um, is a pile of human defecated penis pus, okay? Wouldn't That would work, okay? There, isn't that better? And some complimentary term that leaves Laura Ingram and me confused in exactly the same way. Larry Elder, conservative talk show host, said in calling MS-13 gang members animals, Trump was kind. What? See, what's going on here? The, the right wing is like, I'm, I'm left behind and the right Right wing is joining me. Laura Ingram, Larry Elder. What's going on? Although I have to say, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden has been on the liberal radio network, Air America, and conservative talk stations because we are, we are whatever you want us to be. <laughs> you know, we are what, as long as you go vegan, we are what you want. You want, you want this to be a show for animals? Okay, please go vegan. A show for health? Okay, please, go vegan. For the environment, please, go vegan. For reggae music? Okay, please, go vegan and buy tickets now. Or become a sponsor or vendor at uh, com. So, uh, at the White House, Sanders said... Um, what? Was Bernie Sanders elected president? Had it? Wait, I thought the primaries were rigged, were fixed. Oh, uh, oh, it's Sarah... Sarah Sanders. She's the press secretary for Trump. Okay, I get it. Uh, what happened to Josh Ernest? Josh Ernest. That's the perfect name for a press secretary for a president, isn't it? In fact, I think every press secretary should just be named Josh Ernest. Josh Ernest 1, Josh Ernest 2, Josh Ernest Jr., Josh Ernest. Who else joshes so earnestly as the press secretary? So anyway, uh, Sanders at the White House, press, secre press secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders said, if the media and liberals want to defend MS-13, they're more than welcome to. Frankly, I don't think that the term the president used was strong enough. So there. Oh. Everybody agrees with me. Trump should not be calling. You know, shouldn't be trying to insult people by using the term animals, right? So, <sighs> and you know what's what's amazing to me is, uh, I think the Democrats could have responded in a way that could really work to their work to their favor. I don't. I don't know if they're quite astute enough to, to jump on it. See what uh, how Pelosi responded? Uh, let's see. Where, where, where did I put that? Pelosi said something about seeing... Oh, here it is. Nancy Pelosi... Oh, oh, no, no, no. I didn't want to do Pelosi uh, yet. I wanted to do... Let me see. All right, so the Democrats respond to uh, Trump calling 
Oh, and first of all, by the way, just the, the, the big lie from the CIA people, the dishonesty in the media, in the media, you know, ABCIA and NBCIA and, a, 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 and CIABS and the CN enemy. So they all initially said that Trump called all immigrants animals. And, um, you know, that simply wasn't true. So, uh, he called uh, the gang MS-13 animals. Of course, I object, object to that, but, you know, uh, a, a little truth occasionally wouldn't hurt, and perhaps it would uh, keep us out of nuclear war with Russia. Just occasionally a little truth, but... You know, we now have uh, we have a Department of Truth. Uh, I'll go go into that Department of Truth in future shows with uh, the legislation that was signed under Obama, the anti-propaganda uh, uh, agency that was formed to create propaganda uh, for consumption by Americans. Pretty amazing. Anyway, so um, in response to Trump calling the gang uh, animals, although, uh, you know, the uh, dishonest machine said Trump called all, uh, all immigrants animals. So Pelosi said, quote, when the president... Uh, oh, no, I wanted to do Chuck Schumer first. Here, where's, where is that from up, Chuck? Here, let me get that up, Chuck. Here, Schumer. Oh, oh so Chuck Schumer said... When all of our great-great-grandparents came to America, they weren't animals, and these people aren't either. End quote. Um, hate to break it to uh, Upchuck, but uh, when all of our great-great-grandparents came to America, they were animals. Sorry. Um, I guess they were European animals, and now we're... American animals, but again, animal, mineral, vegetable. So, um, Nancy Pelosi said, quote, When the President of the United States says about undocumented immigrants, these aren't people, these are animals, you have to wonder, does he not believe in the spark of divinity? The, um, uh, dignity and worth of every person every day you think that you've seen it all russia um along comes another manifestation of why their policies are so inhumane calling people animals is not a good thing end quote nancy pelosi and if pelosi can see the spark of divinity in murderous gang members, surely she and the Democrats can look in the eyes of the cows and pigs and chickens and turkeys and lambs and goats and fish who don't want to be their food and see the spark of divinity there. Or if she and the Democrats could look into the eyes of Mother Cow before she's raped. Uh, when her baby is kidnapped from her, when the baby is taken just after birth, with a spark of divinity in his crying eyes, 
before he's chopped up into veal. If they only could see the spark of divinity in the animals whom they eat instead of just in child prostitution, human drug arms trafficking, gang members. So anyway, as I said, I'm apolitical, but... Uh, you know, I may, maybe maybe I can get a few bucks from the Democrats. They seem to be like uh, wandering rudderless without a plan, a program, a platform. So I think the only way the Democrats can beat Trump is to adopt a vegan platform. I mean, I, I hate to give this away for free. Uh, perhaps uh, I can uh, come up with a dossier uh, for which they can pay me but uh, could you imagine huh? could you imagine if the Democrats did something wild like like they say oh you know something we just noticed the spark of divinity in all life we've decided the, Dem the Democrat platform is the vegan platform well so there uh, I mean what would that do? Like, immediately, it realigns the Democratic Party with some semblance of moral values, which seem to be missing. Could you imagine? Woo! On the scale of morality, Democrats embrace vegan platform. And, you know, they can win the religious vote, too, with a thou shalt not kill, and, you know, we're not going to eat God's creatures message, and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And, uh finally give the oh and they can say oh well, you know go to church everybody open your bible genesis book 1 verse 29 oh look god says we should all go vegan we've democrats are now you know asking everyone to go vegan so please uh, vote for us in november um and uh, trump is not vegan okay so it would finally give the democrats a health care plan right i mean Good Obamacare, which nobody can afford, and Bernie talking about single payer, which doesn't seem to happen, huh? Well, if the Democrats uh, want a health care uh, plan, they can just say, hey, you know, we'll cut down on heart disease and cancer and stroke and diabetes, you know? No, it won't be a chicken in every pot like Herbert Hoover's, uh, you know, old uh, anachronistic campaign slogan from way back when it was a chicken in every pot uh, although we don't want to ruin Hillary's long-standing profitable relationship with uh, Tyson's chicken Tyson did make the Clintons rich after all but well so anyway but maybe Hillary could give a little here and you know not a chicken in every pot but uh, maybe go with uh, uh, Fruits, vegetables, nuts, grains, seeds, and beans on every table. Huh? So, all right. All right, all right. Democrat, Democrats uh, would actually do, be doing something about the environment. Uh, a lot about the environment. I mean, it's, it's amazing to say, oh, that there is climate change, but then not embrace the solution, right? Recognizing climate change is meaningless. A lot of people feel that it's all a scam for carbon taxes and you know 
<laughs> Another way to launder money. MS-13, where are you? Carbon taxes. Okay. But, uh, you know, going vegan doesn't require carbon taxes. Uh, so if we all, you know, if the Democrats just got on the... Uh, and, and then also, really, when you come right down to it, the public will be uh, very forgiving of uh, you know, Democrats uh, fixing fixing the primary, you know, rigging it against Bernie and being warmongering corporatists. Uh, because people people will forgive you if they think you love animals, and you're trying to save the environment. I'm telling you, that's the winning formula. <sighs> okay. Anyway. Yes, this is the most important program in all of media, as we will get into environmental issues coming up in the program. Speaking, speaking of vegan platforms, this is it for me. This is my vegan platform, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, and uh, we do need your financial support. And as I mentioned, you can do that with a tax-deductible donation at GoVeganRadio.com. All right, the program will continue, and we have amazing, truly amazing, mind-blowing environmental information coming your way on today's show, along with Professor Gary Francione coming up. It's Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com on Twitter at GoVeganRadio, Facebook Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. For your musical enjoyment, our 24-7 music station, Radio Bobby at RadioBobby.com. And you can get your early bird discount tickets now for L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest, Sunday, October 7th at Woodley Park in Van Nuys. You can also join us as a vendor or a sponsor. Some amazing sponsor opportunities, I might say. We just put a full-page ad in the Reggae Festival Guide. A million people read the Reggae Festival Guide. And uh, if you want to be a sponsor and support us, uh, we can... We can get you in that ad. We can get you in a lot of promotion, including a lot of the um, flyers and postcards and posters being distributed around Southern California. And a lot of uh, social media going on around that. Very exciting event coming, coming up. L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest. Go to the website, LAReggaeVeganFest.com. Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com on Twitter at GoVeganRadio Facebook GoVeganRadio with Bob Linden listen to the music on Radio Bobby you will find it to be the most amazingly awesome music station you've ever heard most likely probably check it out at RadioBobby.com and uh, a lot of people everybody everybody's talking about LA Reggae Vegan Fest everybody's all excited about that and you are certainly going to want to be there on Sunday, October 7th 
at Woodley Park in Van Nuys. So uh, go to the website. It's LAReggaeVeganFest.com. And uh, we start, it's uh, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. that day, early in the morning. We start with a children's show with Jamaica Bob. And then into the music with just a spectacular lineup of reggae headliners just all day long. We have the Simpkin Project uh, coming on, followed by Lamour and the Mystic Band, Sister Carol. We also have Bushman, Maccabee, and Glenn Washington. So that's a pretty fantastic day for a $40 ticket price right now. That's what it is. Early bird ticket special. $40 includes parking. And you get your tickets at LAReggaeVeganFest.com. Also check out the speaker page. Pretty fantastic there. Uh, Gary Francione coming up with commentary on today's show. He'll be speaking there. Um, Antenna Roba. Um, just go check out the page. Check out the website, LAReggaeVeganFest.com. Uh, and you can join us as a sponsor or a vendor. And all the information is there for you. So definitely check it out. Uh, Eric Weissman will be speaking there, the founder of Evolution Vegan Dog and Cat Food, as well as our Mighty May, who is a doctor of veterinary medicine. She's trying to get vegan dog food into the shelters in L.A. And uh, speaking of Evolution Vegan Dog and Cat Food, which Daisy loves, we did a story some weeks back, and it seems that uh, the euthanizing drug uh, that's used to kill uh, dogs and cats is showing up in commercial pet food, so-called pet food. Uh, there was a big expose in a Washington, D.C. station there, and, you know, the dogs and cats who were euthanized get ground up and become part of the uh, whole pet food cycle. That is why you have a choice to avoid all of that. I mean, there's never been a recall for evolution vegan dog and cat food. I think there are about 40 or 50 recalls every year related to the uh, commercial so-called pet food. So for phone orders on the first Wednesday of the month, you get 20% off dry food, 10% off canned food. Uh, for new customers, you don't have to call the first Wednesday. You get 25% off anytime you call in your first order at 800-659-0104. 800-659-0104. And uh, that's the first Wednesday of every month for those discounts. And uh, there are special arrangements made for those experiencing financial challenges. So, let's see here. I mentioned, I, I told you who's going to be at LA Reggae Vegan Fest, right? You are. You are. You got to be there. You got to be there, right? So, um,. You know, I've mentioned that how I've been talking about uh, the environmental destruction caused by meat, dairy, fish, and eggs. 
uh, just for many years on this show, uh, how the only solution is our immediate shift to going vegan. The population has to go vegan. And I've been talking for years also about the health benefits of being vegan. And, you know, when you see that you get special rates on life insurance from Health IQ, I mean, that's pretty much another one of those, uh, I told you so. So, uh, I mean, yeah, special rates for vegans from Health IQ. Go to healthiq.com slash gvr as in go vegan radio the health iq advantage is its unique mortality model based on health conscious living lower rates for the health conscious like good driver rates on auto insurance for those with a good driving record so it's a unique underwriting approach um so see if you qualify learn more get a free quote uh, take the vegan quiz at healthiq.com slash gvr. Healthiq.com slash gvr. Uh, Health IQ reduces your chance of being penalized for adverse family history if you are otherwise healthy. Um, and you can still get special rates if you have a pre-existing condition. So anyway, just check it out at healthiq.com slash gvr and i suppose if you've uh, listened to this show with any regularity um and of course if you are vegan plenty of regularity vegans are number one at number two as we used to say as we just said um you know how basically i'm, I'm here to say i told you so right i'm you know and i for years i've been talking about the Goodland and Hang study, livestock and climate change, talking about animal agriculture being responsible for at least 51% of all human generated greenhouse gas emissions. And along comes this study just released and uh, it's covered it's covered in the Guardian May 31st Avoiding meat and dairy is single biggest way to reduce your impact on Earth. Biggest analysis to date reveals huge footprint of livestock. It provides just 18% of calories, but takes up 83% of farmland. I will continue with the article here. Well, as it starts, avoiding meat and dairy products is the single biggest way to reduce your environmental impact on the planet. According to the scientists behind the most comprehensive analysis to date of the damage farming does to the planet. The new research shows that without meat and dairy consumption, global farmland use could be reduced by more than 75%, an area equivalent to the U.S., China, European Union, and Australia combined, and still feed the world. Loss of wild areas to agriculture is the leading cause of the current mass extinction of wildlife. The new analysis shows that while meat and dairy provide just 18% of calories and 37% of protein, it uses the vast majority, did it mean to say they use the vast majority, 83% of farmland and uh, produce produces 60 percent 
of agriculture's greenhouse gas emissions. Other recent research shows 86% of all land mammals are now livestock or humans. The scientists also found that even the very lowest impact meat and dairy products still cause much more environmental harm than the least sustainable vegetable and cereal growing. The study published in the journal Science created a huge data set based on almost 40,000 farms in 119 countries and covering 40 food products that represent 90% of all that is eaten. It assessed the full impact of these foods from farm to fork on land use, climate change emissions, freshwater use, and water pollution, uh, eutrophication, I guess that's, that's the uh, big scientific word for water pollution, eutrophication, um, and air pollution, uh, acidification. Quote, a vegan diet is probably the single biggest way to reduce your impact on planet Earth. Not just greenhouse gases, but global acidification, eutrophication, land use, and water use, said Joseph Poor at the University of Oxford, UK, who led the research. Continuing the quote, it is far bigger than cutting down on your flights or buying an electric car, he said, as uh, these only cut greenhouse gas emissions. Agriculture is a sector that spans all the multitude of environmental problems, he said. Really, it is animal products that are responsible for so much of this. Avoiding consumption of animal products delivers far better environmental benefits than trying to purchase sustainable meat and dairy. End quote. The analysis also revealed a huge variability between different ways of producing the same food. For example, beef cattle raised on deforested land result in 12 times more greenhouse gases and use 50 times more land than those grazing uh, rich natural pasture. But the comparison of beef with plant protein, such as peas, is stark with even the lowest impact of beef responsible for six times more greenhouse gases and 36 times more land. The large variability in environmental impact from different farms does present an opportunity for reducing the harm, Poor said, without needing the global population to become vegan. You know, there's always that little... Um, you know, it's like with gun control. It's always, they say, um, you know, it's like, uh, oh, yeah, we, 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 we want gun control. But, of course, we don't mean that for, for legal uses like hunting, like, you know, going out and being a sniper and shooting poor innocent animals for fun. So there always has to be that little, oh, well, you know, uh, there's such variability that maybe... Everyone in the world doesn't have to go vegan, although, you know, what is this information telling us? Um, 
let me continue with the article here. It says, Cutting the environmental impact of farming is not easy, poor warned. He said, There are over 570 million farms, all of which need slightly different ways to reduce their impact. It's an environmental challenge like no other sector of the economy. But he said at least $500 billion is spent every year on agricultural subsidies and probably much more. There is a lot of money there to do something really good with, he said, end quote. Why would someone at Oxford end the sentence with a preposition? I don't get it. Okay. It says, uh, it says, labels that reveal the impact of products would be a good start so consumers could choose the least damaging options, he said. But uh, subsidies for sustainable and healthy food and taxes on meat and dairy will probably also be necessary. It says, one surprise from the work was the large impact of freshwater fish farming which provides two-thirds of such fish in Asia and 96% in Europe and was thought to be relatively environmentally friendly. Quote, You get all these fish depositing uh, excreta and uh, unconsumed feed down to the bottom of the pond where there is barely any oxygen making it a perfect environment for methane production, end quote, a potent greenhouse gas. Uh, so uh, the research also found grass-fed beef, thought to be relatively low impact, was still responsible for much higher impacts than plant-based food. Quote, uh, converting grass into meat is like converting coal to energy. It comes with an immense cost in emissions, Poor said. And, you know, we've heard about grass-fed beef was thought to be relatively low impact. Uh, if you've listened to Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden over the years, you hear that uh, this uh, grass-fed beef uh, produces as much as 400% more carbon than that from their uh, harshly confined uh, brothers and sisters. Continuing here with this article, the new research has received strong praise from other food experts. Professor Gidden Eschel at Bard College U.S. said, quote, I was awestruck. It is really important, sound, ambitious, revealing, and beautifully done, end quote. He said previous work Quantifying, farmies, quantifying farming's impacts, including his own, had taken a top-down approach using national-level data, but the new work used a bottom-up approach with farm-by-farm -farm data. It is very reassuring to see they yield essentially the same results, but the new work has very many important details that are profoundly revealing, quoting that professor. Uh, professor Tim Benton at the University of Leeds, UK, said, This is an immensely useful study. It brings together a huge amount of data, and that makes uh, its conclusions much more robust. The way we produce food, consume, and waste food 
is unsustainable from a planetary perspective. Given the global obesity crisis, changing diets, eating less livestock uh, uh, produce, uh, um, eating less livestock and more vegetables and fruit, um, has the potential to make both us and the planet healthier. Um, let's see here. So uh, the guy who led this study, I guess I'll have to get him on the show, right? So he said, uh, quote, this is uh, Professor Poor. He said, quote, The reason I started this project was to understand if there were sustainable animal producers out there. But I have stopped consuming animal products over the last four years of this project. These impacts are not necessary to sustain our current way of life. The question is, how much can we reduce them? And the answer is, a lot. So, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden doesn't just say, I told you so. It just, uh, we say, like, uh, you know, let's save the world. Let's go vegan. Right? And, and wouldn't that make the world a, ha a happier place? Yeah, make, make the world a happier place. Go vegan. Save the world while you're at it. Let me just remind you of the headline for this. This is very big news. Avoiding meat and dairy is single biggest way to reduce your impact on Earth. So, as I have said constantly, one cannot be a meat, dairy, fish, and egg-eating environmentalist. That is not possible at all. And uh, just for fun, I, I would say, go look at the websites of uh, 350.org, Greenpeace, the Sierra Club. See if any of them are exposing this mind-blowing news on what the single biggest way... Uh, to uh, impact Earth is. You're not going to find it there. You're not going to find it from Fib and Bill McKibben. So, it is up to us. It's up to us. And uh, we are dedicated to it. And so, this might again be a good time to point out that you can support us with a tax-deductible donation, we are dedicated to spreading the word, and the word is vegan, and we've been doing it for 17 years. This is the first vegan program ever to infiltrate mainstream media. We started on radio stations back before they were called terrestrial radio stations. We started on KRLA in Los Angeles back in uh, 2001. Uh, I started there because I was promoting World Fest, a vegan festival that I was organizing at Woodley Park in Van Nuys. And that was 2001. Now in 2018, I'm organizing LA Reggae Vegan Fest in that very same location, Woodley Park in Van Nuys. Please visit LAReggaeVeganFest.com. And also, please support us with a tax-deductible donation. Uh, we are doing life-saving, 
planet-saving work. We are dedicated to it. We're not here to enrich ourselves. We are dedicated to our mission, vegan education, vegan advocacy for the animals. We have commentary with Professor Gary Francione coming up next on Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. GoVeganRadio.com Radio and Facebook, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden and LA Reggae Veganfest.com. And uh, we are joined now by Professor Gary Francione. And uh, it's been a few weeks. I guess we've been busy off uh, doing things. I've been booking reggae bands. And uh, what have you been up to, Professor Francione? Oh, God, Bob. Well, um, I've been finishing up some, uh, some things that uh, I'm committed to do. And um, getting ready for a conference uh, in England on um, the papal, papal, papal encyclical Laudato Si. Um, and oh, that wasn't did... PayPal. It was papal. Okay, all right. Yes, I, yes, I, yes. I thought I, you were I, doing yeah. the whole thing on PayPal, like no, uh, no, 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 how no, to no, raise no, money no, for no. Go Vegan Radio. No. Oh, um, so... <laughs> Um, and um, oh, so and, so we'll, we'll explain that then a second here if we, we we're well, talking about on the twenty third of June, um, we're having a conference at the University of East Anglia. I am also on that faculty um, as well as Rutgers, uh, and we're doing a conference on the papal encyclical in which the Pope talks about um, the environment, and as part of that, he talks about our uh, exploitation of animals and as you probably would guess i am um i'm not uh, uh happy about what he says uh other people are more happy and other people still have different perspectives so uh we're having a conference at uea and a number of uh, really interesting people are going to talk including richard Ryder, the guy who coined the, the term speciesism richard will be there and you know i've known richard i, th- I thought many- i did that oh well all right i guess yeah yeah well you know it wasn't um, i okay all right. no it wasn't you it wasn't <laughs> peter singer it was richard Ryder, and um and Richard, I've known Richard for many years. As a matter of fact, and uh, I don't even remember what year it is. I think it was like 90, 91, about then. I um, I was invited to speak at the Oxford Union, which um, is a debating forum at Oxford University. And um, uh, it's quite a, uh, it's quite a, uh, you know, it's it's a place where a lot of uh, very well-known people have spoken, and I was delighted to have been invited to talk about vivisection and debate some vivisectors from Oxford, and Richard was my partner, and that was the first time I met him, and we've done uh, – we we saw each other a couple of years ago. I I mean I you know he's he's an interesting guy. Um, we obviously don't agree on on certain things, but um, but he's an interesting guy and I like him very much, and um, and so he's going to be speaking. And this is on June 23rd at the University of East Anglia, 
And um, was this I the have... writings from? It seems like it might have been a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, let's see, I've got it here. Let's see what year it is. Hold on. And I, I looked at it a couple of years ago, but uh, to f refresh my memory, I thought there were some good things yeah. said by the Pope in there, like the the animals are our, our brothers and sisters, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it got very sort of Francis of Assisi. -y, yeah. Uh, 2015. But I mean, look, the bottom line is, if he's gonna, you know, if he's gonna take that position, you know, it's all, all just a lot of, you know, smoke. Um, if it's not coupled with we've got to stop uh exploiting them mm -hmm. and um and so you know i i have a uh, i have an essay in um uh the upcoming arc which is the magazine of the catholic concern for animals group in britain and they take a vegetarian position i'm saying and i have a, an essay in which uh um uh, uh i'm promoting the idea that uh um They've got to go vegan. That you know, if, if they're serious about this, you know, the the line between meat and dairy and eggs and stuff like that is all just silly, and and they need to go vegan. And I'm going to be and my the topic of my talk at this um at this event is why Christians should be vegan. And so that's I've been getting ready for that both uh, substantively and organizationally because I'm helping to organize it. And, and do you and, talk then about the Genesis book one verse twenty? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about all that stuff. But you know, look, the bottom line is that um, the most you can get out of any religious writing is that in situations where you have to eat animals, it's okay to eat animals um, because because animals matter less than humans because humans have greater spiritual value. That's the most you can get out of any of that stuff. You don't get, oh, it's okay to eat you know, meat tonight because I, I prefer that to a salad or to some vegetables or to some, you know, something, something plant-based. Um, the idea that, you know, that God is, is um, basically a pimp for McDonald's is, um, is really something that people who care about God ought to, ought to, um, ought to stop promoting because it's a it's it's appalling and um so i'm going to basically uh talk about um how we're committed uh to being vegans if we have those sorts of spiritual beliefs well, God, well and, god's first commandment was really to be vegan if anybody pays attention to the beginning of the bible genesis book one right. yes, verse yes, 29 the, the urban the urban the seed it shall be your food right there period um, end of sentence not you know chicken which where do chicken wings come from you know like, exactly and, and exactly. then also like if they are god's creatures why would they you know why would you build in the suffering like if they're meant to be eaten why can they you know suffer the pain and die? you know i mean it just doesn't make sense to that god would want his creatures hurt and in pain you know and tormented so What's the deal here? What's up with a church barbecue? I don't get it, you know? So, And what's up with kosher meat? I don't understand any of this because to me, you know, thou shalt not kill and do unto others. But I guess that's too simple for a, a religion, right? Thou shalt not kill, do unto others, go vegan. Uh-oh, too simple. <laughs> I think well, I just started my own church. So, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so yeah, no, so, so I'm, doing, I'm doing that. And I've also had, I've been working on various projects. I just published today uh, a book review that turned out to be monstrously long um, on a book called um, uh, what the, what's the name of the book called? I have to <laughs> I don't remember the name of the book. The, the it was it's a, a collection by by Oxford University, uh, edited by a philosopher named Christine Overall, 
Uh, she related put together to pets or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's related to pets, um, and uh, it's called uh, "Pets and People: The Ethics of Our Relationships with Companion Animals." And the Journal of Applied Ethics asked me to review it, and so I said, "Oh, you know, I, I, I said, sure, I'll do it." You know, thought, think that, thinking that I would write a brief review of the book, and it turned out to be twenty some odd pages in a journal that's that's a lot of space um i I have confidence in your ability to uh keep the words flowing (laughs) yeah well i i have to tell you i didn't intend this tended to be this long but i i decided rather than doing a sort of a typical book review i was going to use this as an opportunity to sort of show that philosophers were really missing the point in, in a major major way talking about pets um and talking about our moral obligation to pets without focusing on our moral obligations to other animals uh, is is a problem when it when you're a philosopher you shouldn't really do that it doesn't it, it really shows how um, it shows how our desire to keep on exploiting them clouds some really really bright minds and um, and so uh, I, um, I I did this uh, review and it, as I say it turned out to be very very long that was published just today actually and then there was and, that and, and the cliff notes of the review then if it's a long review well, yeah. what yeah I mean the the review is basically well, basically what I just said, that, um, you know, our, our relationship with with animals is very confused. The one area of our relationship, at least West, in Western societies, the one relation, relationship which is more benign is our relationship with pets. But that's just property that we have that because we fetishize that property, we are – we treat we, – we accord it a higher value. But pets are still property. And they are still beings that we can, we can, uh, you know, who, who over throw whom we away, have, right? Well, basically, we we have absolute control. Some of us are more benign slave owners than others, but basically, we're all, you know, we're all masters, and they're all slaves. That's the bottom line. And um, and I, you know, and I I talk about I, that. I don't I want Daisy through, to hear this. Let me put my hands I, over her. Ears. I, I go I, I go through I go through each. Daisy probably already knows. Um, she she she's just she knows she lucked out. She's got a good she's got a good master, as it were. But the mo- the best that any of us can be. Is Which her. one is the master here? I don't know. Well, but, you know, okay. I, I mean, so. you are Bob. You can still put her in the car and take her to the vet and have her killed if you want. Don't uh, even. Don't, don't, Daisy, listen to music. Listen to Radio Bobby. Shh, don't exactly, listen to exactly. Okay. Yeah. So um, so you know, I I talk about you know I talk about. Uh, various essays and um uh it's really interesting there are several essays in there that discuss my work and basically you know say well this is just completely you know they they get it. they don't like what i say and they think that it's it's really so hard. what are they saying like so what what uh, what's the well you know there there some of these folks seem to be um into this citizenship model and they seem to think that um that we don't have to go the abolitionist route and uh, abolish domesticated animals. We can have them be animal citizens. Now, I find that so perplexing, I can't begin to tell you, um, because I don't understand what it means. Um, And I read the book that it's based on, and I still don't understand what it means. I mean, the only way it makes sense is, I, I think the argument is that well, I don't know what the argument is, and I don't know that these folks know what the argument is because I I was thinking that the argument was that well we could 
we could get rid of all animal exploitation, but we could still have some non-exploitative relationships with animals. I, 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 I thought that was what the authors of the citizenship model were arguing. Um, and uh, But it appears as though a number of people who buy into the citizenship model think that we can sort of implement it right now or we don't need to move in the direction of abolition and and um, and that we can we can have animal citizens in a in a context in which we have not abolished exploitation. I don't even understand what the hell that means. And I explained that I and I explained why I don't understand what that means. It's gobbledygook. It doesn't make any sense to me. But you know what was interesting to me um, while I was writing this and 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 basically a couple of the there were 18 essays in this book and um, you know uh, some of the people talked about other animals and about our obligation to be vegan. And um, no one ever, no, not one of the essays promoted the idea that it's a moral imperative that we must go vegan. Uh, several of the essays um, talked about veganism. Um, one essay, I think, assumed that we should be vegan, but 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 nobody, I mean, nobody really not. N uh, one or two of the essays talked about the problems of animals as property, but but by and large, just most of the authors just missed that point entirely. Um, and you know, a few of the essays talked about other an animals other than pet animals, but nobody made the argument that veganism is a moral baseline that we must be vegan if we take animal interests seriously. Um, None. No one was. It. It was just. It was a. It was a peculiar. I mean, some of the essays were good. I. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed reading them all. Um, but, but in a sense, uh, part of what was interesting to me was to see how philosophers avoid the issue, in the ways in which they sort of avoid the elephant in the room. Um, you know the problem of animal exploitation, and and you know it, it puzzles because me because they I'm, taste good. It's, is that yeah, what it is? Well, it's the well, they no. taste. It's like environmentalists who ignore. No, it. no, it's, no. It's it's sort of like people were talking about. Well, you know, our moral obligations are like. For example, one of the essays was focused on the fact that we should um, support people who who are caregivers, even if we don't have our own companion animals, we got to support people who have companion animals, who take care of companion animals and whatnot, including organizations that take care of companion animals. And now that's a peculiar position to take. If I'm a meat eater and a dairy eater and, an, and if I'm an animal exploiter and somebody tells me I've got a moral obligation to support the people who take care of dogs and cats how would i even i mean why would i think that was a good idea i mean if if i don't have my own animals and i don't really care about the issue wouldn't i if i had disposable income be inclined in a society that treats animals as things and only humans as persons or at least or some humans as persons wouldn't i wouldn't I be inclined to give, you know, to 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 contribute to the human cause? I mean, what what? Th there's no principled argument as to why I would contribute, why I would even recognize a moral obligation. 
I mean, you, in order to have a, in order for me to have a moral obligation to animals, I have to regard them as having moral value. And in order to, you know, in any argument that that says that dogs and cats have moral value can't be cabined in as at dogs and cats. It's got to include other animals. So, you know, it's that's that sort of thing. You know, it's it's it was. Um, it was it was peculiar, it, you know. The, the the essays were peculiar. I mean, one of the essays talked, you know, used uh, was written from the the um, ethic of care perspective and talked about how, um, well, you know, uh, we we we, um, we we should care about other animals too. But the fact that you know. Um, uh, you know, we, we care more about our own children. So the fact that, you know, we should care about other animals, but it's okay for us to care about our, you know, about companion animals because they're sort of analogous to our children. And the answer is, well, you know, and, 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 um, uh, uh, other animals are, are like other people's children. And, and the thing is, well, you know, yeah, I might love my children more than, I love your children, but that doesn't mean that I think it's okay to use your children as sex slaves or, you know, to, to, you know, exploit them in, in various ways. Um, and, and that's the problem. You can't, you know, the idea that, that people are very, very, very intelligent people, um, don't, you know, think that the, that it's relevant to talk about, um, our relationship with our children and how we favor our children over other people's children. The fact that they think that that is even relevant when we're trying to sort of figure out what the ethics are with respect to uh, companion animals versus other animals and that and that the, 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 the children analogy is is relevant it's 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 it was it was it was as i said it was an interesting book and it and it was interesting for me to see how a bunch of of bright people um struggled with this because my guess is is that um few of them are vegan i don't know i mean i i a couple a couple i would be surprised if they weren't one in particular maybe two um but uh but by and large i i would imagine these people are not vegan and it was there was one one essay that was interesting to me um well they, as i said they were all interesting but one 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 essay was interesting in that the guy says um and he's a pretty well-known ethicist and he says that you know he he is doing his bit for animals by teaching uh, about you know, teaching animal ethics in, in his university, but he doesn't take a, an advocacy position. And I pointed out everybody takes an advocacy position, just as everybody took an advocacy position on slavery in 1832. You couldn't avoid taking an advocacy position. You were either for or you were against. And and so and and if you say, well, I don't take an advocacy position, then you're basically defaulting to the exploitation. You know, the the, the you're you're exploiting to the th you're de defaulting to the thing paradigm and the paradigm that allows us to continue to exploit animals. So you know, I mean, the, the idea that that somebody um, as bright as this guy, I, I mean, I, I you know, I'm familiar with his work, and he's a very very smart guy. The fact that he thinks that you know he's teaching about animal ethics um, and he's he's not advocating. Is um, just shocking, <laughs> to be honest with you. It's shocking. How how um, objective can one be? Huh? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you you can't avoid advocacy. You know, you can't you can't avoid advocacy. And I think I think you know, um, uh, when it comes to issues that um, 
Uh, well, these these are matters of life and death and violence exactly, and exactly. You know, all of that. And, so. And, and so, so that that's basically what you know. But that was published today, um, and I've got another thing I'm working on. I've got to finish up, and uh, you know this conference and whatnot. And I've been spending a lot of time uh, with our dogs. Um, I uh, was mentioning to you, uh, I think, before that. Um, Anna and I have uh, gotten a sixth dog, a blind and deaf dog. And as I was writing this review... Yeah, we talked about I, him uh, last time uh, yeah, on the show. And, yeah, so. and I, th- I think so. Yeah, I think I, think, I, think I mentioned we did. that. And, we did. And, and we were, you know, and, and, and I was writing this review, and, and you know, I, I always have animal people telling me that, well, you know, I'm just wrong. The favorite thing animal people love to say, I'm just wrong, because animals aren't property. They don't regard their animals as property, so therefore animals aren't property. I have animal people, I have, quote, animal people, end quote, telling me that I'm not a real animal rights advocate because I say animals are property. Well, sorry, it's a descriptive fact. It's an empirical fact of the world. Sorry, I hate to upset you. Um, but, and it... We don't it, like it, though. I mean, we uh, don't... Of course, of course. <laughs> we don't course, like but it. But, but you see, part of that is they don't like what I... The, they don't like the fact that I think domestication is wrong and that we ought to end it. We ought not to have pets. And and I I start this essay off in the Journal of Applied Ethics with I thank a couple of people who helped me with the essay, and then I I say this essay is dedicated to our six non-human animals, our six the six refugees we live with, we love them dearly but they should never have existed, and animal people get really upset about that and they think you know well you know there's, I mean I I guess they're sort of, they sort of buy into the citizenship model that we can continue to have animals and pets. Um, and you know, there's nothing inherently wrong with it. And the answer is, yeah, there's a lot inherently wrong with it. A lot inherently wrong with it. And um, and and you know, I well, I, I think um, it, it it hits a chord in the sense that the, the animals are like the loves of our lives to a degree. Those of us with companion animals. So I think we we hate the thought that we wouldn't have that love, but it's selfish for us to to you know want that love i mean i've never loved anyone more than daisy you know but it's selfish to bring her into the world you know uh, yeah no it's it's they get the raw end of the stick and the institution of pets um is always going to be it's always going to be a um a horror show for animals and, and they say buy from a responsible breeder that was what uh the humane society of the united states was saying like buy from a responsible breeder like that doesn't make it well, you know this this dog that we have our our blind and deaf dog came from a very well-known breeder not a not a puppy mill but a very very well-known um breeder uh who breeds shelties and um who took two you know who, who, who tries to produce white shelties so she breeds merle shelties and a number of them are blind and deaf and some are both and um, but she's a she's not a uh, you know she's not a puppy mill, and um, and all breeding. I mean you know pure. Some of the essays in this book focused on pedigree, you know uh, breeding, and and uh, and I, I argue that all all breeding pedigree and non pedigree. But but you know the people who who had a problem with pedigree breeding pointed out quite correctly that all pedigree breeding involves horrible health problems inflicted on these animals. Horrible. Health. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and I mean, it's not just blindness and deafness; it's inability to. It's also there are all sorts of problems, as you know. I mean, you know, they have breathing problems, they have hip problems, they have, you know, they have all sorts of problems. And um, uh, uh, so you know, but 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 um, 
it, it troubles me. Uh, you know, when I'm sitting here with Finley, that's his name, Finley, who's just he's a he's a wonderful dog, and um, who's and, blind and deaf. Blind. Yeah, and, deaf. and Anna, Anna and I are working with him, and um, he's very smart, and he has to in order to negotiate the world, he's had to sort of figure out other ways of dealing with it, and um, his sense of smell is unlike the the, the other dogs. Um, it's it's bizarre actually. Um, he can smell something that they can't smell, um, you know, and he can he tells he can um, he he actually he, he runs into them less than I thought he would. He does sometimes, um, but he he can actually he actually sort of negotiates around them. I believe because he smells, you know, he has he he knows all of their smells. He know where, he knows where we are at any time. Um, and, 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 and having uh, a sense of smell better than other dogs is really saying something. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it's, it's they are all about smell, but I guess right, he it's concentrated. That is that's his sense connection with the world. And um, how's how's he doing with food and eating and all? Oh, he, he he's a, we've never had a problem with vegan food with dogs ever, never, never had a problem. Mm. Um, and he's no exception. He inhales it. He loves his. I make a mixture for them every day of of um, of uh, uh, pasta, and they love Brussels sprouts. And I buy uh, many pounds of Brussels sprouts. I love um, Brussels sprouts myself. I, 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 I do too. I I don't have a chance to eat much, eat many of them because they 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 eat them. I I, I steal a, a spoonful or so when I'm cooking them, steaming them, but. Um, but I cook, uh, you know, several pounds of Brussels sprouts every day, and their pasta and their evolution kibble, and uh, would, and sometimes I put evolution soft food in there, and um, they love peppers. They absolutely go crazy for peppers, and um, and tofu and stuff. They they eat very well, and they love their vegan food. Mm -hmm. And um, so it is Daisy. Oh, Yep. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, never, never had a problem. Now I do buy for them, which I do not consume myself, um, because it grosses me out and I don't like it. I will buy for them, um, uh, you know, some of this fake meat stuff, like the, you know, the 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 tofur the tofurky stuff and sausage and hot yeah, dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The and... They love they love that they love that sausage. And um, I mean, although to be frank with you, I'm not sure that. I'm not sure that I would say that they like it any more than they like oatmeal um, or uh... than they like oatmeal. Yeah, they <laughs> like that too. Um, and I mean, they, they go nuts for that. And and um, but I occasionally get them that sausage stuff or the the diet cheese stuff, and and you know, and, and they they like that. And um, as I say, it grosses me out, but you know, they want it. It's fine with me. And um, and and so uh, you know, but but they've never had a problem with their being vegans. But you know, but when I look at them, I, they're just such. There's they're. I, look, we adore them, and you know, just like you adore Daisy. But um, but the reality is their lives are shit, Bob. Their lives are terrible because they're totally. Dip I mean, they're living a very unnatural life. You know, we we you know, I mean, they're they're. They live a very unnatural life. They we control every aspect of their lives, and and 
you know, when you take them to the vet, you can't explain to them, this is okay, you know, you're going to be fine. I mean, when they're scared to go to the vet, they're really scared. And their whole lives sort of become focused on the fear that they have. And you can't talk to them and tell them, it's okay, you're going to be fine, you know. And, you know, you're just going for, you know, for a checkup or you're going to have your teeth done because you have to. And, you know, because, you know, you'll get a heart, you'll have a heart condition if you don't get your teeth clean. Um, and, um you know, it, it's it, their lives are, are it's it's not this is not right. This is not right. Yeah, I love them. I love them like crazy. But um, but it's not right. And, you know, I mean, we have one dog who was just absolutely terrified of thunder. I mean, I mean, when it, it thunders, he goes crazy. And we tried everything. We bought him a thunder shirt. We <laughs> sure, I, I, I know that how that goes. You I've, know, we, we, I've known we, many we, dogs who've had, who've had I've got, these, I've got these, 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 and fireworks, got, of course, too. Exactly, fire, fireworks and thunder. You know, fireworks and thunder. July Fourth, they go. You know, this I poor know, dog. I none know. of them likes. July I, I, I dread. Yeah, I dread the Fourth of July. Yeah, too. you know, and and um, I mean, where I live, for some reason, whenever people want to do, you know, want to celebrate anything, they believe loud noises facilitate that, and right. so that there's lots of fireworks and and um, and I, you know. And he's and I can't tell him. I can't say, George, it's okay. It's gonna be fine. It's just you know people blowing firecrackers off because they have limited imaginations, or it's only because it's thunder and it's just rain. It's gonna be fine, George. And and um, you know he just gets terrified. And it's not their world, you know. I mean, um, it, it it's not you know they, they they live in this this as I as I that expression that I use I, I think about that this is how I think about it. they live in this nether world of of vulnerability they're sort of not really animals and they're not humans and they're sort of this they're sort of this in between they're totally dependent on us they can't they 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 we are you know we we define their lives and it's just horrible I think it's dreadful and. Um, uh, you know, and I understand this. When I speak this way, it upsets animal people. You animal people who are listening to this, I'm really sorry that some of you may be upset. But frankly, get over it and um, try to try try to deal with the reality that domestication is absolutely dreadful. And um, and so uh, so that's what I you know that's those are the things I've been working on. One of the things I do want to get into, but I'm not going to have time to get into it tonight because. I have uh, I've got something I've got to do at seven, so I'm going to have to sign off. But I, I I mean we haven't been talking for the past few weeks, so I'm happy to do it again next week. Um, I think I'm having a root canal, uh, but hopefully I'll be able to do it anyway. I'm not I'm not sure that this root canal is going to really happen, but um, and I'm trying to do everything I can to avoid it happening. Uh, I'm trying to uh, avoid the dentist too. I think I I bit into one of those pitted olives where it's like. Uh, yeah. Hmm, yeah. kind of missed that one, didn't you? Yeah, so. yeah. Um, but I do, I do want to talk when next we, when next we meet. I want to talk about, you know, we're we're going from the corporate model, the sort of the conventional corporate charity model of the five hundred one c three to the supposedly more sort of edgy, you know, uh, uh, radical sort of, you know, the DXE and the anonymous for the voiceless and the, you know, the, the, the 269 and the save movement and all this stuff. And all it is, is just the same old, same old, um, you know, and it's, it's, we're now moving from one sort of, so, some, one sort of a sort of hierarchical structure to another one. 
And, you know, we're now sort of, you know, having these celebrity vegans, you know, these people who sort of go from place to place and, you know, you fund their Patreon accounts and they they go from place to place and they help you organize in geometrical patterns and, you know, put masks on. And um, it, it, and it's 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 a tr it's tremendous. It The level of confusion is tremendous. And um, and it's sad to see because, with you know, it it it, it it's. Um, it's actually it's the same phenomenon of the large of the large corporate charities. It's basically people who, uh, you know, you get you get the leaders of these groups. They tell these people what they should do, uh, and you know, unfortunately, a lot of the people they attract can't really think for themselves and and find it um, upsetting when you ask them to think for themselves. And so they show up on my page, and you know, all you have to do is criticize what they're doing and. Um, their their default position is to get ad hominem, call you names, get really abusive, never engage you on the substantive issues, and it's dreadful. It's really dreadful. And you know, I, I mean, I I had an experience this past weekend with some of these people, and it was comical. I mean, it was sad, but it was comical because I had some of them telling me that you know, oh, you know, they they don't support. I'm wrong. They don't support DXE. And then I had a bunch of people telling me, yeah, we support DXE, and to hell with you for being critical of DXE. And, you know, and, 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 um, you know, uh, it, it's, 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 it's just, um, it's appalling. Well, it's I, really... I, when last I was paying attention and, and, and recently I've mainly been working on, uh, organizing LA reggae vegan fest. Is that going to, is that, is that going to happen? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's definitely okay. like Wait, people are, people are really, really into it. I mean, the reaction, you know, I mean, it's, and you know, it's a way of, uh, real, uh, Vegan outreach, not not that vegan outreach, but uh, you know this. Uh, you know we have a full page ad coming out in the uh, reggae festival guide, and a, a million people read that. And so there's a lot of a lot of promotion around this that's actually getting the vegan word out there, and people are liking the idea of a reggae vegan fest. And uh, so there have been some major events uh, in LA recently where. Um, friends have been passing out flyers for this event on Sunday, October 7th at Woodley Park in Van Nuys. And, and the reaction is great. So I have people contacting me who want to be vendors and tickets uh, just went on sale. They are uh, they're $40 early bird special, parking included. So um, they're available right now at LARegaveganfest.com. It is happening. We have like such an amazing lineup of reggae performers. And then we have uh, great speakers, including yourself, being there. So, yes, uh, you know, it's really going to be like a really great day. So uh, we hope uh, that this can turn into something that's annual maybe doing a few other cities because it's it's a really good combination and uh you know not, not all reggae lovers are vegan uh yet but uh they're they're not opposed to the idea and it, it's just a, a a good combination the reggae and the vegan so um we we are happening definitely the reaction's great so uh definitely we've got some flyers out there there have some been some big vegan events in la recently the uh, eat drink vegan it's ninth year that attracts like 10,000 people um, the veg fest event which started as world fest which I started back in the year 2000 right now I've come full circle for uh, 
World Fest started in 2000 at Woodley Park in the exact location where LA Reggae Vegan Fest is uh, going to be. So uh, we're coming home with a new new vegan uh, vegan uh, festival and an event that will be uh, be a lot of fun. So yeah. So uh, what was the question? What were we talking about? There was uh, you, <laughs> I think. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. You, I, I, I had said that I that when we next met, I wanted to talk. Oh yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, so I said, I've been paying a lot of attention to that. So yes. the last thing I noticed about DXE was a demonstration where I, I actually, I, you know, I, I, I commented on Facebook because it, it was just gross, and you know, it was uh, they had a, a woman uh, in front of Trader Joe's in San Francisco lie down in a pile of excrement um, in solidarity with the chickens who live in excrement and the complaint was that uh, Trader Joe's labels the eggs natural uh, that it sells and, and how can they be natural um, if, if the chickens are in excrement so uh, the call to action was call Trader Joe's and tell them to stop calling the eggs natural um, and you know that, that one person went by on the street there and mentioned that he was vegan they, they couldn't get rid of him fast enough they just can't you know embrace a, a vegan message and to call Trader Joe's you know somebody who gets paid to answer the phone complaints you know Trader Joe complaints oh you don't like the word natural okay thank you well we'll, we'll think about it yeah, I mean it's just so bizarre and it was so disgusting to have her lying there in excrement they were saying just like the chickens have it um, I don't, I don't know whose manure it was or whatever but I think that the woman on the sidewalk put her health at risk by being covered with excrement well, and... yeah, I mean all that stuff is just gimmicky nonsense and you know I don't care whether it's wearing the Guy Fox masks holding the you know I mean I, it's just bizarre I mean I, you know but that sort of stuff is just gimmicky nonsense and it's totally welfareist I mean you know I mean telling people what they ought to do is you know call Trader Joe's and say that they shouldn't call them natural or whatever um, you know it 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 it, it the whole DXE approach when it comes to attacking Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or whatever is they're not living up to what it is they're supposed to be doing. And and the so the message that gets out as well, it'd be, it would be different if they were living up to what they say they were doing. And, um, but but obviously it is natural for them to be an excrement because there they are. So I, right. I, I even argue the point, you know, it's like, what do you mean? Of course it's natural. They're They're pooping and so there they are. So. Yeah, I mean it's 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 bizarre, but but I think you know I think we're we're moving into this this um, you know we're 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 going in, the, some of these groups, um, well I don't know it, it's it's a it's it's complicated because some of them actually do promote veganism. The problem is is they promote it in such a confusing way. What we need right now, if we're going to change the paradigm, is clarity. That's the thing we need most. And um, that's the thing that these organizations really want to stay away from, in part because uh, they don't want, you know, they, they're not, they, they're, they're all busy doing the, build, the bridge building business. And so whatever position they take, they're not going to be clear and unequivocal about it because to do so would um, frustrate their fundraising efforts and their other abilities to sort of quote build bridges with these other organizations but the bottom line is is that you know we're, we're moving from you know one completely confused um, 
structure, you know, the the corporate animal, you know, the corporate charity to these groups, um, you know, which uh, are 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 peculiar and and very culty and and really um, hostile to any sort of. Uh, I mean, really hostile to any sort of, of substantive discussion. As hostile, they're as hostile as the corporate charities are to any sort of discussion. So it's basically, you know, they're they're going to, you know, they, they and they all call they call themselves abolitionists. And you say, well, wait a minute, but you know, you take this position, you take that position. It's not we're abolitionists. Well, but what about this? What about that? We're abolitionists. I, I know you keep saying that, but. But, you know, but you're taking all sorts of positions that aren't abolitionist. And and so, you know, it, it's a it's a mess. And I I I I want to I want to spend some time talking about that in some some length in the, ne- the next time we talk, because um, as Wayne, as Sean ever indicated that he's going to come back and talk with us again or has, oh, he, I fig- mean, we can, has we, he figured we, out that that's not a good idea? I, I don't know. I mean, we, we can follow up on that last uh, we were talking. We were trying to do a three way on uh, Facebook and that's not going to be technically feasible. So uh, we can uh, rekindle uh, the spark of uh, a, a reunion again. And uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll check with him and, and see. He seems to he seems to enjoy coming on and, and having the discussions we've had so good then, good god bless them let's do it let's, and the, let's, they're entertaining so okay well I'll yeah, get back yeah in that's touch. fine that's fine with me bring them on bring them on bring okay them on. I, I do want to talk about that uh you know that excrement uh you know. well yeah i mean i look but i think i think that's sort of typical though i mean it's these things are these things are um you know they're events and they're they're um they're designed to brand in much the same, well, I mean, you know, most of the groups are like that. I mean, most of the animal charities are like that. They do the stuff, they do things to brand themselves. And, um, and, and, you know, so, so DXE has its brand of, you know, it goes and it does the open rescues. It goes and it, you know, and it has people lying. In it. The, the thing you were talking about with the actual was DXE, correct? Yes. Yeah, that was yeah. DXE. You know, and, and, and the disruptions of, uh, there have been uh, some disruptions of, uh, uh, Major League Baseball games. Also, uh, uh, you know, a Hillary rally at at the time during the campaign. DXE, um, you remember that? That DXE yeah. interrupted Hillary, and uh, because they have no clear message, I mean, it was like until every animal is free. Um, so, so Hillary just basically said, "Oh, this group is protesting against Trump that that he and his uh, kids kill animals." So, thank you for that message. So. Hillary turned the DXE message into an anti-Trump uh, message because it's 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 actually that vague where you you can make it anything you want you know until every animal is free they they have national attention and you know we get call Trader Joe's and tell them you know not to say natural there's never like the the call to action that's meaningful so yeah well I mean it's 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 um, you know these are these are tremendously uh, 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 Confused organizations. What was sort of funny this past weekend was I had, I, I pointed out, you know, that 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 uh, anonymous for the thoughtless, um, or, or whatever. Um, they don't, um, they promote DXE, and so therefore they can't call themselves abolitionists because Wayne very clearly taught, very clearly promotes these 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 organizations, 
And, um, and and clearly promoted lying. You know what I mean? That was what was so upsetting the last time around that I wanted to talk to him about that because he talked about when he met Josh Balk at HSUS and Josh yeah. Balk was saying that they use strategic communication, which isn't necessarily, you know, the way they really feel about things, you know. So it's just, you know, that's it's pretty outrageous, you know. I yeah, think. and 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 so so I was pointing out that, well, you know, um, one of the many indicators of the fact that Anonymous um, is not a uh, an abolitionist organization is that it supports DXE. And I had Anonymous people on my page calling me names saying DXE is wonderful and they're abolitionist. And then I had other people from Anonymous saying, of course we don't support DXE. They are welfareist and we don't support them. And I had people, I mean, it was just, it was like, do these people even know what the hell? I mean, it's like they're all excited about putting on their Guy Fawkes masks and um, and standing in geometrical uh, patterns and um, and and uh, uh, holding their computers, holding their laptops. Um, but do they even know what the hell they're talking? About? I mean, I mean, I, I, it was it was. It, it was it was very clear to me. These people don't know what they're talking about. I mean, they just don't know what they're talking about. They're they're confused not only about what abolition means, but they're confused about what their organization supports and doesn't support. Mm. And I mean, I guess we're supposed to say, "Hey, wow, hip! This is really hip and cool because it's anarchistic because everybody is like sort of free to sort of believe what they want to believe." Um, but you know, that, that maybe maybe that's the thinking. Uh, and I and, and I to... haven't even been following uh, what HSUS is doing now that it you know that we we can't pick on Wayne Pacelli and Paul Shapiro anymore. I wonder what's what's up with HSUS and Mercy for Animals without uh, Nathan Runkle. You know, I what's What's going on with all of those groups who, you know? Yeah, and what's his name is gone too, right? Nick Cooney, he's gone. Yeah, yeah, he's gone for mercy. Well, I'll tell you, I don't know. They'll they'll emerge. Look, look, Bob, you and I both know it's just a matter of time before everybody forgets and they reemerge. You know that's going to happen, Um, and they'll just re, you know, recreate themselves in different ways, and they'll have, you know, we'll have more corporate structures, um, you know, getting donations for the animals. And um, you know, I, would, I, I'd be, I would be surprised if they made a, con, a comeback, actually. That would be uh, surprising to me, considering, you know, that uh, they were, uh, you know, it was the uh, Me Too movement that de- dethroned, uh, really, I guess, all of them, really. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, look, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I think the, um, you know, the organized movement is... Um, in a, in a mess, uh, has been for a while, will continue to be, will probably get worse. And it's unfortunate that, you know, these, these, um, these new groups are just adding to the confusion. You know, I, I saw one, I saw one, uh, I saw one television show where they had one of these uh, people, you know, talking about murders and rapists and, and, you know, and, and, and I, I really, I just think it's such a bad idea to um, to start targeting institutional exploiters and as if they're the problem. They're not the problem. The problem are the consumers. The problem is all of us. The problem is a culture which is speciesist. And that's what we need to, to, to focus on. And yes, I think that, that, um, that what we do to animals is morally, uh, you know, it, it, well, it's not murder because murder is defined in a particular way but it's unjustifiable killing 
and we do things which are um, which commodify the reproductive processes of female animals and things like that. Um, but I think that you know, you know, calling people names and 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 that sort of thing. I understand that it sort of gets them attention, but it's also you know it's also the case that media will be more than happy to talk to these people because um, we're living at a time when. Uh, you know that sort of of thing is attractive pro you know the the more outrageous what you say is uh you know the more the more media the media likes you media it, 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 but but what what's disturbing is that it's also the case that it fits very very nicely into the narrative of of the the animal exploitation industry they they want to, you know, they and you know the animal exploitation industries and the people who support animal exploitation want people to believe vegans are crazy, and boy, do we give them a lot of ammunition, whether it's people lying down in excrement, or whether it's you know people, uh, you know, getting on television and talking about murderers and rapists and things like that, and um, what's what's really clear is these people don't know what they're talking about. And they don't seem to understand that the only way you um, deal with, the only way you can ever change the paradigm is uh, by really getting people to focus on ideas. Um, and and um, you don't get people to, you, you, don't really, you don't get people to sort of think about uh, a different way of looking at animals in the way that they're doing. It. And, you know, I mean, one of the things, for example, that this anonymous group does that they think is new, uh, and that's sort of comical, too, uh, is is they show, you know, they wear their, their little masks and they show people slaughterhouse videos. Well, I got news for you. People have been doing the animal groups have been doing that forever. As a matter of fact, you may, I don't know if you, do you remember Eddie Lama? Yes, I do. Uh-huh. Yeah, Eddie, he's a great guy. I, I, I really like Eddie a great deal. I haven't seen him in years, but... Eddie in the 90s, you know, came up with this idea that, you know, and he actually manufactured, he made a bunch of these, uh, these kiosks that had, that, you know, that used to show the, the, the video footage. And at first I thought this was a really, you know, I, I, I thought it was a good idea. And I know people who were doing it, and a good friend of mine did it in different parts of this, of, uh, actually in, did it in France and in Korea. And, um, and I thought it was a good idea when it, you know, and then... Um, I did a, I did several several of them with people, and what I was finding was that you know in a society in which people use animals, eat animals, and think of it as sort of a natural, normal thing to do, yeah, people will get repulsed when you show them gory videos, but that generally doesn't move them in the direction of saying, oh, okay, I shouldn't use them. It moves them in the direction of saying, well, we ought to have CCTV cameras in slaughterhouses and we ought to stop this process or that, you know, we ought to clean up this process or that process. And, you know, the people who buy, who go to Whole Foods and buy the, the level five tortured animals or whatever the hell they are, those are people who, you know, get upset when they see slaughter videos and haven't yet thought through the, you know, to the moral implications. And so, you know, th th that's why, I, you know, I actually some years ago stopped, I don't know if I, if I, I think I've discussed this on your, on your program, but um, I stopped years ago uh, doing the violent video stuff. I don't do that anymore. I don't use that anymore at all. Um, and the reason I don't is because I want to get people to focus on 
the issue of it doesn't really matter how humanely we treat them. It's that's irrelevant. It doesn't matter whether we bore them to death in a slaughterhouse. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know that we we play Donald Trump speeches and they just drop over dead of boredom. Um, rather than slaughtering them in, in in violent way, it doesn't really matter. What matters is we have no we have no business using them, um, and and it's an easy. Of course, if that message, uh, you know, came along with the videos, right? I mean, couldn't that well, I mean, it could know, enhance uh, enhance uh, the it, experience the, the, to say the, the, pro- the problem is the problem is that unless you. Unless you are going to couple, unless you're going to, the problem is you can't really do that, Bob, in a in a in a uh, situation where you're you're in a public place doing street theater. That's not the ideal situation. It, it's actually a very bad situation for any sort of sustained and and comprehensive. <laughs> paradigm shift situation. I mean, th- that's not going to happen. Um, and, and, and also look, frankly, I think, you know, a lot of, I've had, a, I've had a number of people say, you know, write to me asking me my opinion because you know, they, they were in a, you know, in a, in a city and they came upon this and they had their kids with them and they thought that this was a really bad idea and it scared the kids and, you know, they can't really, they don't want the kids watching the violent videos and blah, blah, blah. And I always say, look, you know, the reason why you don't want your kids watching the violent videos is because you know you don't want your kids seeing the violence of animal exploitation, and and I understand that, but you know that should impel you to sort of start thinking about these issues and blah blah. And I agree with you. I mean, I, you know, I don't I don't understand what the point is of sort of making us look. I mean, I mean, why are we why are we trying to to sort of stand apart from everybody else by by wearing masks? Or, or by doing these, by you know, doing all of the the excrement. Thing. I mean, why why are we doing that? Why what I mean, if this is going to work, it's only going to work if social thinking, the the cultural thinking about animal exploitation changes. And the only way that can happen is by getting people to focus on the ideas. And that requires, you know, that that people sort of stop their quote activism for a few minutes and learn something. I mean, what, what is appalling to me is these people come on my page and they clearly do not know what it is they are talking about. They haven't the slightest idea. They haven't the slightest idea. And these are the people who are out there, quote, educating about veganism. These are the people who are showing the videos. God only knows what the hell happens when somebody tries to engage one of these people in conversation. God only knows because the people I've been dealing with, including the people who are supposed to be the, the ones who interact with the public, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. And, and the problem is you cannot couple an, uh, an abolition. If, if, your, if your basic position is people ought to go vegan, but you're promoting, your organization promotes groups like DXE or you know, has shout outs to Mercy for Animals and other, you know, other groups and PETA and, what, and other groups on, on your web you know, if, you, if you're not ma- being clear, then what you're basically doing is you're just another voice in, you know, in this sea of confusion. But anyway, I've got I've got to run because I've got something I need to do, 
And so I've got to leave now, but I hope we will recommence this next week and we'll talk further about this. Sounds good to me. So, okay, great. Take well, care. Thanks for and being with us send today, me, Send Gary. me some information. Do me a favor. Send me an email with uh, stuff on the on the Reggae Fest so that I can start posting it, will you? Absolutely. We'll do that. Okay. Thank you. Give, give Daisy a big kiss. Will do. Uh, she's, re- she's ready for a walk. Okay. 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 Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Facebook, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, Twitter, at Go Vegan Radio. Listen to our music station. I do it for uh, therapy, oh, many hours a day. Um, In fact, it's hard to believe that I've spent so much time already today away from Radio Bobby. Um, As soon as we're done here, I'm back to RadioBobby.com. You've never heard a radio station like uh, Radio Bobby. I was a music program director for many years in terrestrial radio. We never knew we would have to use the term terrestrial, uh, but there I was. And uh, we played a lot of reggae on the radio stations I programmed. And right now we're involved with organizing LA Reggae Vegan Fest, the first ever. There's never been anything like it. You are definitely going to want to be there. So you might as well get your tickets now when they are at uh, the lowest prices ever, early bird discounts. $40 each, no service charges, parking included. Go to LARegaveganfest.com. I mean, each each of the artists there is worth the, the price of a concert admission, really, basically. When you come right down to it musically, we have the Simpkin Project uh, kicking things off in the morning there, followed by Lamore and the Mystic Band featuring General Ja Mikey. Then Sister Carol, we have Bushman, Maccabee, and Glenn Washington. $40? Are you kidding? Get your tickets now at LARegaveganfest.com. We have spectacular, uh, just a spectacular lineup of reggae headliners, mind-blowing speakers throughout the day. I mean, it's just going to be one of, the, one of the great events ever. This, this is Woodstock, the 21st century Woodstock, coming at you Sunday, October 7th, Woodley Park in Van Nuys. LA Reggae Vegan Fest. Please support your local vegan restaurants. They put it all on the line. They're special places in the community. They're like rescue missions, basically, you know, as far as I can see. Rescue missions with the most delicious, nutritious food. If you're in the uh, Bay Area, Northern California, you're lucky to be near one of the great ones, which is Vegetarian House in San Jose. It's 100% vegan, organic, non-GMO. Check out the menu at vegetarianhouse.us. I believe Vegetarian House just did some uh, remodeling. Uh, 
back in operation again vegetarian house caters it is uh, one of their great specialties again it's vegetarianhouse.us it's at 520 East Santa Clara Street in San Jose and uh, isn't time a blur it's uh, like this year is going by so quickly uh, pretty soon it'll be October 7th we'll all be at Woodley Park in Van Nuys for LA Reggae Vegan Fest people want to buy the uh, they, lo they love our, our logo the our cow with dreadlocks uh, already they're asking for t-shirts uh, you can see her at LAReggaeVeganFest.com and we thank Victoria Hart for the art for designing our logo for LA Reggae Vegan Fest and uh, Victoria is a great vegan artist and if if you're looking for uh, gift ideas really for any occasion we have gee, it was just Mother's Day already huh? it's just all just a blur as time flies it'll be Father's Day soon and there are the birthdays and the graduations and before you know it the winter holidays are here and uh, you can have very personalized art in fact the companion animals in your family uh, can be uh, Be beautiful portraits uh, done by Victoria Hart. Her website is victoriahart.weebly.com. Victoria H A R T dot W E E B L Y dot com. Realistic animal portraits, uh, and again, the loved ones in your lives. You can see examples at victoriahart.weebly.com, and also. Uh, the animals in your life can be the stars of, uh, of a coloring page or a coloring book. Very unique idea, fun for the family. You can go to mylifecoloringbook.weebly.com. Who wouldn't want their very own unique coloring book or coloring page uh, showcasing the special animals in their life? Who wouldn't? Communists. That, that's who they wouldn't communists um, so um, <laughs> I think I've been giving Victoria's wrong email out so uh, so somebody named Victoria Hart at gmail.com may have been getting many requests for uh, artwork portraits coloring pages so that's what that's what Victoria gets for having an extra A in her email address. So I've been saying, oh, email Victoria. It's victoriahart at gmail dot com. But actually, it's v i c t o r i a a heart at gmail dot com. So there's like an extra A, as if you know her middle name starts with an A. Or maybe she uh, did a typo and hit the A twice. Uh, either way, your email will now get to her uh, if you send it to victoriaahart at gmail.com. V-I-C-T-O-R-I-A-A-H-A-R-T at gmail.com. 
Okay, so if you would like to support a hot and sexy vegan fashion line, go to sonusdenim.com. Sonus Denim. Well, we spell sonus uh, using the letters that start the words strawberry, onion, nut, apple, strawberry. Sonusdenim.com. The jeans are made uniquely with 50 patches of denim here in sunny California. And uh, it's a uh, Great looking, great feeling for men and women. Yoga pants, too. Go to sonusdenim.com. And uh, let's see. Who else? Who else? Who else? Let's see. Visit possumswelcome.org to learn about an animal sanctuary in the making. This nonprofit is seeking coastal land. For a farm animal sanctuary with the vision including a vegan cafe, a bed and breakfast, weekly seminars on being vegan, veganic farming, cooking, yoga. So uh, if you're interested in helping to make the dream come true, visit possumswelcome.org. Possumswelcome.org. Okay, I think uh, we've saved the world today. Uh, we've saved your children. We've saved the animals. What what else is there left to do? I guess I can go. I guess Daisy and I want to go take a walk in the park listening to Radio Bobby. Radio B-O-B-B-Y dot com. Again, I remind you, early bird discount tickets are available now for just $40. That includes parking. That includes ticket service fees at LAReggaeVeganFest.com. You know you want to be there. I mean, just go to the website. Check out the lineup of uh, musical performers and speakers. The food's going to be spectacular. It's just going to be one of those special days where you just got to be there, and you may as well be there by buying the tickets at their lowest possible price, which is what they are right now, $40.00. LA Reggae Vegan Fest.com. So we'll see you there. And uh, there's also information about joining us as a sponsor or a vendor. Well, I want to thank you for listening. So, uh, okay, well, make the world a happier place. Go vegan.